Hello, my friends, and welcome to Time Between Times Storytelling with me, Owen Staten. Welcome to this place where tales are told at a traditional time. Welcome to the land where the veil between our world and the fairy world is wafer, wafer thin. Welcome to the fire pit, my friends, where we gather to hear these tales that bring joy to our heart. Some of them are frightening, some of them are joyful, some of them are funny, some are dark and terrifying, but all of them open our imagination to a world beyond the one in which we live. Welcome to the Time Between Times. I am so glad that you choose to join me every week for these tales told. Sometimes I feel that I am talking to myself, but to hear your lovely comments, to hear how these tales affect you, and to know that people all around the world are listening to these stories makes me very, very happy indeed. I know most of you also listen to my YouTube site, and watch the videos I post there. But I advise you all to please listen to my new podcast, Spectre of the Sea, with the wonderful Bethan Briggs Miller. That is a story of the ghosts and spectres and spirits and phantoms and foibles that inhabit the coast of South Wales. Bethan is a genius with sound and, of course, story. And please let me know what you think of that. It has had great response so far. But enough of my advertising, my talking about myself, my telling you about what's going on. Why don't you join me? Sit back, my friends, relax. Let all the cares, worries, strifes of the week vanish. And let us go to the time between times. The time when it's neither night nor day. But the sun has gone. And the sky is grey. The time when the veil between our world and the fairy world is so thin that for a few moments you can reach into their realm and for a few moments they can step into ours. Now is the time that people see the lights that float in the sky. Now is the time that ghosts appear at the corner of vision. Now is the time of the Tulwith Tig. So walk with me into the forest where the trees stretch high to the sky. Let your feet crunch upon the fallen leaves and step to the fire pit where the fire splutters and cracks. All around our friends have gathered. Here we sit, warm of heart and clear of soul. Above us we can see the stars shining. But the sun is still there too. We know the wheel of the year is turning. We know the cold is coming. We know that darkness grows stronger, but so does our time of tales, so does our friendship, so does our imagination that awakens and shines like a beacon. Take a breath, my friends, and lose yourself in a tale traditionally told. This one is far from home in Kent in the southeast of England, a beautiful place full of stories of wonder, of magic, and of this tale that happened long ago in the year 1300. For there was once a cruel baron called Sir Roger de Sherland. And our story starts on a night like this long ago, 
with a fire blazing, but not a pleasant one. A monk called Barnard had gathered all the people together, all the people who Sir Roger was looking after, all his serfs, all his loyal subjects, and advised them not to pay their taxes whilst they were cold at winter. Sir Roger's temper knew no bounds. His anger burned like a pyre, and he gathered the monk, took him into his cells and kept him there. People besieged the castle trying to get in, but Sir Roger was a stubborn man. And finally, he brought the monk down into the village, tied him to a pyre, and had him burned at the stake in front of every one of his subjects. The people screamed and cried and begged for mercy, but Sir Roger sat on a great chair, surrounded by his soldiers, and cheering that no one should defy him, no one should defy the king, and that this monk would die. And die he did, over many hours. The pyre still lit up the sky like it was day, even at the dark of night. Many people stayed behind and knelt in front of the pyre and offered prayers for Barnard's soul. As Sir Roger finally got up a cup of wine in his hand, he stepped down from the platform on which he was watching the execution and started to walk back to the castle when suddenly, out of the crowd, an old woman pushed past his guards. She was haggard and old, bent and broken, but she spoke in a voice as old as the mountains and as capricious as the sea. I will place a curse on you, Sir Roger. You have acted against the will of God. You have acted against the will of the people. And may you be cursed to never bear an heir. May you be cursed to not live your full life. May you be cursed to lose control of these lands. Take that woman away from me, he pleaded and rushed back to the castle. He was a brave. He was a courageous. He was an arrogant man. But he was frightened of curses like many others were in those days. He went back to his castle. From the high window in the tallest tower he could look down and see the remains of the pyre. As the night grew darker still he went to bed but did not sleep. Days passed, weeks passed. He grew haggard and gaunt, terrified of the curse put upon him. He asked all of his advisers how he could possibly remove this curse from him, and one turned to him and said, You need the blessing of the king. But the king is headed for France. That I know. Yes, my lord, but he will pass down via the Thames and head out to sea. Maybe you can attract his attention somehow. I know. I have an idea. The next day, as the sun was high in the sky, the king's barge was seen, sure enough, floating upon the Thames. The Thames is wide and choppy. But Sir Roger rode from his castle down to it and started to ride alongside the barge. Although the barge was out in the middle and no one could hear his cries, he called to the king, My lord! My lord! My lord! Still riding on his great black mare. No one could hear him. The sailors were busy with their jobs and he could not see the king. So in an act of foolhardiness and courage, he rode into the Thames upon his horse. 
The waters were choppy, up and down, back and forth. It is more like a sea than a river. It was freezing as ice, but Sir Roger rode out on the back of his horse, his horse spluttering as it went, until he came alongside the king's ship. My lord, he called out, my lord, and sure enough, there soon after, the head of the king pointed over the side of the barge. Who is that? It's me, it's me, Sir Roger de Sherland. My lord, you know how faithful a servant I have been over the years. You know that I have fought for you, protected you, and offered all my taxes on time. My people are looked after. Yes, I know, but now you are swimming alongside my barge on a horse. Surely, man, this must be a desperate time. My lord, all I ask is that you use your power as king, as God's anointed on this earth, to please remove a curse from me. Very well. You are indeed a faithful servant, and you have done this, this crazy task today. Yes, I remove any curse that's been put upon you. Now, swim yourself to safety, man. I have business to undertake. The king's ship sailed on. Sir Roger turned his exhausted horse and made it back to shore. Both of them collapsed the riverside. Sir Roger lying in the shale at the side of the river. The horse tried to gather its strength. Suddenly he felt happy. The curse was lifted like a dark cloud passing into the night. But then along the shale shore he heard the crunch of footsteps. More footsteps. And then that familiar but horrid voice. You have lifted my curse indeed. But I will give you another. Today your horse has saved your life. Today your horse has done you great service. But that horse will be the death of you, Sir Roger. Sir Roger jumped to his feet and turned around, and there, sure enough, hooded and cowled, was the old woman once again. She rattled a staff in his direction, and turned and walked away. No! No! I've been cursed again! What could— I know. In a caustic act of cruelty, Sir Roger pulled out his sword— waved it through the air, took one look at his faithful black mare, and brought the sword down hard, severing its head. The horse fell to the ground. The horse's head fell to the ground. And Sir Roger turned to the fast-disappearing woman and called, You cannot curse me! Go, hag! I defy all your curses! He walked back to his castle that day, Night after night, week after week, month after month, he waited and hid and sat. He drank, he feasted, he let the seasons pass. He thought of the king's pardon, but he always thought of the old woman's curse. He always thought about what she said on that day. One spring morning, as the sun was rising in the distance, he walked down to the river bank where he had swam out to meet the king. And there, sure enough, was the skeleton of his horse, lying on the river bank. He walked towards it. A sense of sadness of what he had done 
but also of relief that it could not possibly cause his death as had been prophesied. Ha, 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 the man that defied a curse. Surely that's what they would call me all those years later. <laughs> and you, my faithful mayor, I have another now, but I am sad at your passing, surely. But to see you here, bones upon the river bank, causes me great sadness. Get into the water, at least. He kicked out with his foot at the skull of the horse. Suddenly felt a shooting pain in his leg. A broken bone, sharpened like a dagger, had cut into his foot. Sir Roger hobbled and jumped up and down, blood streaming from his boot. He rushed back to the castle. His doctor came upon him. There was a nasty cut in his foot. Blood had poured from it. The doctor bandaged it and cleaned it, but nothing, nothing could stop the ague that had gone inside. For weeks the foot grew gangrenous and green, fetid, putrid, till eventually the disease spread through his leg, and two months later Sir Roger died, killed by his horse, just as the old woman had prophesied. Carried from his castle, he was taken to the Abbey Church at Minster and buried in a great tomb a tomb that still remains there to this day, a tomb you can visit, and there you can see him lying on his back, his hands held piously in front of him. But there, next to his foot, is carved the skull of a horse. The cursed mare of Robert de Sherland has echoed through the ages and come to us in this great tale that I tell you today. I hope you enjoyed that story, my friends. <laughs> An old tale, but I love ones like that. Eventually a happy ending, though tinged with sadness. It is but a tale, and a tale that we can listen to and enjoy and leave behind the modern world for just a few moments. Take care, my friends. Always know that you have a place here at the time between times, the time when it's neither night nor day, but the sun is gone and the sky is grey. Please, if you have anything to say or any comments or just want to write to me, I like knowing that people are out there, please write to me at owenstaten at aol.com. You can follow me on Twitter. Now every Sunday night at nine o'clock on Twitter Spaces, I have been doing a live storytelling for the last few months that have gone down really well. So I would love it if some of you were to join me there. Always check out Spectre of the Sea. Very, very proud of that. And if you wish to support my storytelling, please find me, Owen Staten 7, there are another six apparently, on Patreon. I will be putting up new Patreon offers this week for you all to enjoy. And your support there is very, very much appreciated. Thank you for listening. Dioch am grando. Take care, my friends, and join me at the fire pit. Same time, same place, same traditional tales told for you by me at the time between times. No star, my friends. Good night. <laughs>